0: All right, everyone. Welcome to Tonecast 84. We are continuing our interviews. I'm here with Marco Gonzalez. Hey, Marco. Hey, Brian. How are you doing today? Good. We're we're recording a couple of podcasts in one day's time, so I'm pretending that um, you know another week has passed, and I'm asking you how your week's going. But yeah, it's been a great week. I'm, <laughs> I've changed my clothes. And... It's been a good two hours since the last recording, <laughs> but yeah, we've got a what a cool guest today, Derek Paul, uh, YouTube. Video creator, uh, we're going to be talking about this subject of relic guitars. Now, this is kind of a Pandora's box of of craziness, right? Everyone has pretty strong opinions either way, and and kind of what we've been talking about this for a while. But Derek had a video where he he was kind of arguing with himself on the video <laughs> uh, from a perspective of a guy that doesn't like relics, and then a perspective of a, of someone that does like relics, and and that got us thinking of. I have a deeper question: Is why, you know, why do relics have such popularity, and then why is it kind of polarizing? Right there's yeah. there's some really different views on relic instruments, and so we're we're going to dive into that big topic. And I know that that we both got some exciting things to kind of chat with him about, but maybe maybe just in general, as we get started with like your thoughts on on relic guitars in two minutes. Yeah. Well, I mean, just for instance, at the, at our local guitar center, there's like this
1: journeyman relic fender that's like $6,000. And I'm just like, I mean, the color is like a rel, like vintage Fiesta red. So it just speaks to me, but I'm like, man, that's like, I'll never probably be able to afford that. And unless I like sell my car or something. So <laughs> to me it is a bit much, but you're like, you know, there's some craftsman that's making that. So I, and, and I believe, you know, because of what we do that it's warranted and obviously it should command like a a high price. And especially if it is like top tier stuff, but it seems so out of reach for some people and seems just like a fun thing to like rag on because,
0: because they're so expensive, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You see it on the forums all the time. People just arguing over relics and if they look real or not. And I'm like, what's the judge of if they look real? (laughs) Yeah. Where's that? Where's that dog guitar show
1: parading around the relic guitars? I'm like, all right, this one is a 10. This one's a perfect, this one looks like a Vintage Fender, but I really liked the way that uh, our guest Eric Paul uh, has a kind of video style, and uh, I, you know, it definitely got us thinking about
0: it, and so I think he he'll be a fun guest to to talk to about it as well. Yeah, definitely. And, and full disclosure, I mean we we have differing uh, opinions on relics. We're not we're not necessarily for or against relics. I think that both of us are probably pretty neutral. Yeah. Um, we like some relic guitars, and then others. It's it doesn't sit well you know it just doesn't work with certain maybe brands or shapes sometimes' mm-hmm. um, you're used to like your classic relics of Strats and Tellies and then sometimes you know if they if they're on a higher end guitar it just kind of looks weird but we've we've done relic guitars in our own shop we've built a handful of relic guitars yeah. so it's definitely um definitely something we're not against and and maybe before we jump into this interview with um, with Derek and talk about this relic thing and kind of just Go back and forth. Um, maybe we can mention the pickup chooser, Marco, and kind of if you're if you haven't filled it out, why well, you should fill it out. Yeah, totally. I've actually got a good little stack uh, that I'm going to make some phone calls
1: today and talk to some people. And you know, I got my my phone call hat on. I'm excited to to reach out and you know, especially at the end of the week after building, it's cool to to reach out and talk to some people. And and I don't know, I'm kind of a gear nerd too, so. I like when people send me pictures of their gear and I can see their their boards and all their their fun stuff like that. But we really want to scrutinize the details and try and find you a set that's going to really tick all the boxes for you and breathe some new life into your instrument. So go ahead and go to the website, fill out the form and me and Brian will reach out to you and we can just have a good
0: old chat and talk about some pickups. Yeah, definitely. And we mention it all the time, but uh, it's, it's something that that we really value, and we keep we keep harping on it because um, it's it's really the best way for us. Like sometimes I feel like the the internet and the gear world is kind of we we had our, our last you know, a couple of shows ago. We talked about you know I read it on the internet and all that stuff, and and it, with it being such a weird and sometimes great, sometimes ugly place, being on the internet, it's really cool to just talk directly to customers, and and they really appreciate it, obviously, because they get that personal service, but. For us, it kind of just bypasses some of the social media filters, and um, you know, it's like we had have guys like yelling at us on on Instagram and being mad and all this stuff, and, and it's nice to just go straight to a customer and be like, "How can we help?" You know, it's in in, a, in an era where we can't really go to very many shows or there's not very many show opportunities to meet people in person. It kind of allows us just to connect with those people yeah um, which I do really like,
1: yeah I mean, and there's different levels of consumer, and we've all been into the stores where there's the pushy salespeople, and that's so the the vibe that we're trying to defeat, and it's just like you know when you're ready, you come to us, and there's like no hostility here, there's no silly
0: questions. We just want to help in the best way that we can yeah, and so yeah, that's a good point. you brought up no silly questions um, if you're maybe you know we talk to a lot of people, it's their very first time swapping out pickups, so they're, you know, sometimes they're just terrified, right? They yeah. don't like, I, I don't want to make a bad decision. And we're like, no, we're with you. Like, we don't want you to make a bad decision. Because, yeah. um, you know, I think even you and I, we talk about like gear purchases and stuff like that. We've, we've made some bad gear purchases <laughs> in the past and maybe, you know, our goal really is, is how can we help you, but how can we help you get what you want and avoid, you know, you're spending your hard-earned money and we want you to get what you, what's going to help you be inspired to play more guitar. Um, so that's, that's enough of that. But we're plugging that thing like crazy oh, because yeah. <laughs> we enjoy it. I mean, it really gives us kind of a break from, from building and maybe looking at numbers and ordering parts and, and making decisions. But we get to talk with people about guitar um, because I think at the heart, like, you know, if, if this whole business went away, we're still guitar nerds Yeah, and and we'd still want to do Guitar stuff all the time, so yeah. that's that's what's fun for us. Um, I think that that's my favorite part about it for sure is just just connecting with people that um, that genuinely are looking looking for that. So I think, well, I'm ready to have this conversation with Derek. I'm, yeah, I'm looking forward to his thoughts on this, and and we're going to probably end up having Derek on multiple shows to cover some different topics uh, related to. To YouTube video creation, but we're going to dive into this subject, the dark waters of relic versus non-relic guitars. You ready? Yeah, let's check it out. Let's bring them on. All right, welcome to the Tonecast. We're here with uh, YouTube dude and personality, Derek Paul. Derek, how are you today?
2: Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, Brian. Really, really good. Thanks.
0: It's good to have you on the show. We're going to jump in. We're bringing you on because we've wanted to talk about this relic guitar subject for a while, and uh, coincidence you actually just recently did a video about the subject of relic and non-relic guitars, so we want to dive into that subject with you and kind of get your thoughts and maybe reactions for that video and all that stuff so we're gonna we're gonna let you in on this conversation with us are you ready to go
2: yeah sounds fantastic yeah let's do it
0: yeah, and so uh, also I'm here too, Marco, on the
1: Tonecast. And uh, so nice to meet you, Derek, fan of your videos. Um, but let's hear a little bit about yourself before we get into the uh, meat and potatoes of the matter here.
2: Yeah, of course. Well, I'm obviously, I was obviously born and bred in the USA. <laughs> <As> <laughs> no, I'm you can originally tell. <laughs> a Brit. Um, <laughs> moved over here three and a half years ago and now living in Chicago and got into the whole YouTube thing. Around about uh, just over two years ago now. Hmm. All all guitar geek, guitar based stuff, you know. Pickups and uh, guitars, amps, pedals, basically uh, anything to do with that. Yeah. And
1: then just like your kind of start in music, and maybe, I mean, what even compelled you to even just uh, pick up the guitar?
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's the weird thing, isn't it? I mean, I first picked up the guitar when I was 18. And I bought a guitar, and I don't know why, but I just bought one. I thought I should have one. And then uh, I played sort of some open chords on it, and then I really couldn't figure out what was going on. Because mm-hmm. back, in, back in the day, when I was sort of getting into things, it was the late 80s. Mm-hmm. So I switched over to synths, and I Ooh. was into a lot of synth bands. So, you know, at that point, for me, creating something on a synth was a lot easier so I sort of uh, progressed or, or transitioned over to that sort of thing mm-hmm. um, and then I I really only picked up the guitar about three years ago and decided I'll have another go at guitar I, I always knew open chords and I knew some bar chords but mm-hmm. that was about it so three years ago I thought let's get back into this and uh, start taking things seriously And and the YouTube channel That was my catalyst into it because I wanted to improve as a player and improve playing in front of people. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, well, there's two ways you can do it. You can go out and gig as a guitarist who doesn't know how to play (laughs) Mm -hmm. or learn some stuff and sit in front of a camera, you know? So uh, that's where all that came from. Oh,
0: cool. Yeah, (laughs) opening yourself yourself up to the... uh, the crazies that, that lurk on YouTube is probably more risky, <laughs> oh, than, yeah. more risky than playing a live show, I think.
2: <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right, because people don't give you grief face-to-face. <laughs> no,
0: that, they wouldn't say what they say in the YouTube comments, that's for sure.
2: No, exactly, no. But they, they sure do say it down in the comments. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> they well, let you know.
0: <laughs> we'll jump into the, some of those comments kind of about our, our main subject today, but... Um, Talk to me about that video that you made about the relic versus non-relic debate. You kind of will include a link to that video in our show notes for people that want to watch it. But you kind of go back and forth with yourself, essentially, kind of debating the the merits of a relic guitar versus, you know, a, a shiny guitar. <laughs> and you go back and forth yeah. and, and kind of what brought you to to the idea to make a video on that subject?
2: I always thought it was quite an interesting subject um and it is a source of contention you can go one way or the other with it you could love road one and relic stuff or you could just hate it and there and it's one of those subjects and the easiest way for me to put it across in the youtube video because i am actually a fan of relic and road one guitars i actually really love them but you can't just go onto YouTube and say I'm a big fan of rally guitars. You're all wrong. <laughs> if you don't like them, you know. Yeah. So I thought the best way to do it would be to look at it from both sides and let the uh, viewer decide which camp they were in. Mm-hmm. So that that sort of that that was sort of why it came about for me. Um, I just have an interest in them. It's something I love. Yeah, I mean, and
1: I I tend to agree with you, but I mean. And, and as far as other people, like, why do you think that the relic thing is even a thing that is like attractive to uh, to a player or, or or what is it? Maybe more of like a serious musician thing or like, why? Yeah, it- I'm
2: not. I'm not even sure in that case because I think there are some um, like incredible guitarists, semi professional mm-hmm. guitarists that that will buy the relic and road One guitars. Mm-hmm. But I think maybe one of the reasons reasons is that we all want that 50s strat or you know the 50s telly the 60s telly or whatever you know mm-hmm. we want that guitar but we can't afford that guitar so uh, and, and we haven't got sort of you know 30 years to wait to to put our own wear on it so mm-hmm. i think it's it's like that instant gratification of the look and the vibe of uh, those instruments so I, I think that might be one of the reasons yeah
1: yeah, totally. And and I I think that like when something looks worn and like used like that, you one, one tends to think like oh maybe that must that obviously got played a bunch, maybe that that's something that I need to like why is it, you know, why has it been so heavily played, you know? But and then I guess maybe that's some of the argument is that people think like oh well you're just like in, it's like buying the pair of Levi's with the uh the holes already in them or or whatever, you know. I think Yeah. people can get almost like offended ab- ab- about that. So I, I don't know. I think it's interesting, but I, I think it does look cool. And you know, I, we should be able to like what we like in this world. And
2: yeah, absolutely. And it's almost, it's almost harking back to like a golden age of, uh, you know, the seventies or, you know, the sixties or whatever. So you, you're almost not so much buying the road, worn guitar, but buying a piece of that, history if if that makes sense you mm-hmm.
0: know yeah so on the, but, on the si- on the side of the uh, i was thinking about kind of as you portrayed the the you know for and against i guess um what would you say is kind of the strongest argument from the side of of the person that doesn't like the relic what would you say is kind of their their case if you will
2: yeah i i'm pretty sure it will be to do with the fake thing you know they don't buy into the uh the fake wear Mm -hmm. Um, and that was that was one of the things i was thinking when i put the video together which is why in the video i said well you buy faded jeans so why not buy just plain blue jeans because Mm -hmm. the faded ones look cooler you know because they look Mm -hmm. they look older they look worn in so so you buy them so that's okay Mm -hmm.
0: um
2: and, and you know in the car industry uh, there's a lot of, um, I think it's called resto mod stuff, where all the underpinnings are new, all the chassis is new, and all the parts and everything else. It's just that they'll keep the old rust and the old patina and just clear coat it. So that mm. looks cool as well, you know? And I'm thinking, well, yeah, you might not like the Relic guitar thing because it's fake, but it's out there. It's, there's plenty of it out there, you know, in furniture as well. It's um, it's sort of just everywhere.
1: yeah we're always trying to force patinas on stuff. And even with a lot of like, as guitar players, it's so much aesthetically driven, I think, because if a guitar looks cool, I mean, you just want to pick it up, right? And whatever it takes to, to get you there. It's just like any sort of art piece that you want to invest in. Like, You don't know why the artist put that there, but for whatever reason, it speaks to you. So. It's, uh, yeah
2: exactly you, you got you got an excellent point there i don't think it matters what the guitar looks like you know the shape of it the condition whether it's road worn, relic to new whatever if it if it's sitting in the corner and you pick up and play it then that's the point mm-hmm. just play just play more guitar that's the whole point of it
1: yeah and yeah i think that that's that's maybe just the uh the essence of the of the lesson here is like we should all maybe just be practicing or or being more diligent with our scales or, or whatever. But, um, yeah, I, I just can't, uh, I can't imagine that it should be a big issue for some people. And maybe some people just really want to just ha- have some scholarly debates, we'll say, and, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, make a, exactly. a big deal out of stuff. But,
2: uh, yeah, they do get passionate, don't they? People, people get passionate about a lot of stuff that, you know, they, they may not necessarily need to be passionate about. <clears throat> pick up the guitar and play. <laughs> I wonder
0: yeah. I wonder too we we kind of got really deep uh, a week or two ago in this subject of like is there just kind of like a psychological thing about relic guitars? I mean obviously there's people that that play the guitars that are famous that you want it to look like that, but I also feel like there's certain um certain guitar brands and shapes that I I would have a hard time seeing relics like PRS for example. Mm. Um you're used to them being like you know, fash, flashy figured maple tops, and and but like a relic just looks good on a Strat or a telly. Does
2: that does that make sense? That's that's a perfect analogy, isn't it? Because yeah, a Strat telly, maybe an old Gibson. You know, mm-hmm. the old Les Pauls look fantastic when they're reliced or or genuinely worn. But you're right, PRS. It doesn't. It wouldn't look good road worn, and. They're one of the types of guitars. Those um, I suppose you call them, or I I'd call them shredder guitars, or the PRS guitars. You know, they mm. wouldn't they wouldn't necessarily look good relics. Yeah, good point.
0: Yeah, and I just wonder if that's just the way that um, you know PRS started out was like everything was fancy and just kind of the wow, really fancy maple and and super, you know, Santana and kind of some of the early players of PRS were were. Basically keeping their guitars uh, really nice versus you got like Stevie Ray Vaughan or Hendrix like lighting them on fire and chucking them all over the stage, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So I'm guessing it's maybe just the treatment of the guitars ended up being a fad. Maybe a, a, you know a Strat you can chuck across the room and it's mm-hmm. probably still going to play pretty well. Yeah,
2: yeah. That, I mean, probably back in the day. Well, for the for the professional musicians <laughs> anyway, they're like a diamond a dime a dozen stuff, weren't they? You know. It's like, yeah. just throw them give them away smash them you know the who used to do that as well didn't they yeah Yeah.
1: and and i think it's interesting but from a manufacturing standpoint and i'm not going to like name any names specifically but i've heard and just in my circles like a, a guitar company like that's one of the higher end ones on par with you know like prs um and i guess the guy was like really not about doing the relic thing and you know he was like you know sticking to his guns and you know, it's fine. It's fine that it's out there, and I don't have anything opposed to it. But it's just not me, and I'm I'm not gonna do it. Um, but the demand was so overwhelming, and uh, when he kind of like caved, essentially, it ended up being one of his most popular features. And you think like wow. he almost like uh like pigeonholed, or what, was like putting a little cap on himself on on his potential just because he you know you know it's a principle thing, and I get like holding. You know, true to to what you believe in and sticking to your guns, but it, yeah. it just is interesting that, like, you know, if you consider the other side, maybe sometimes it it can
2: work out advantageous for you. So, um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, um, it depends what the market demands, doesn't yeah. it? I suppose.
1: And the, us guitar players or musicians or can be incredibly fickle sometimes. So. No, we're not. No <laughs> way. <laughs> not at all.
2: You you must be thinking about another bunch of people. Yeah, most likely.
0: <laughs> well, well, like kind of thinking through like the people that can be fickle, let's let's dive into the, you know, let's get our um, hazmat suits on and dive into the comments of, of that video. I don't know how much you look at your own comments of the video, but uh, what were some of the things people were saying kind of for or against, um, you know, some people's kind of points on your on your video and kind of the arguments that you saw?
2: Well, I mean, the the people that follow my channel are, are pretty cool, actually. So they're pretty supportive. And if they do make comments, then they're normally pretty positive, to be honest. I've got them up now. So uh, mm-hmm. so one of them, for example, was uh, each to their own. Some you like, some you don't sort mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so people are saying the wear's a bit cheesy, maybe a, a bit kitschy. Um, I and mean, then we've got no opinion on it, but I do insist using road worn strings. <laughs> it, says, it says if Ouch. you aren't bleeding from rusty strings by the end of the gig, you're just not a genuine player. <laughs> so I'm I think assuming there's convinced. some sarcasm there. But <laughs> so, so that's like the
1: complete other end of the spectrum there. Like it all has to be rusty and rusty. yeah. But it is cool. I'm actually, I have not pulled up too. And I can see that you do have some, some cool people on your channel. And even I see one that says like, oh, your playing's getting so good. And that's cool. I like that there, that there is a supportive environment there. And some of the ones that I see, (laughs) it it seems like, it's like, well, uh, you know, I dropped a screwdriver, it slipped and it, I gouged this, or I, you know, I had an oopsie and, and now my nice guitar is kind of a a relic. Um, And so it, you know i guess and maybe now because relict guitars are a thing now now we have like a little safety net and we're like oh now this is just reliced and i'm i meant to do that now and
2: it's cool it's it's thing. trendy
1: yeah. like my jeans <laughs> now so
2: <laughs> exactly that is it isn't it you know when you get a shiny new guitar you're always afraid of putting any wear on it scratches or dings or whatever mm-hmm. the first one you get it almost takes some of the anxiety away and you're like well okay that's you know the first one's there so it doesn't matter and and each of those dings and scratches or what tell a story oh i did that when you know, i was up on stage and some someone uh came up and knocked the guitar over or whatever you know it's uh mm-hmm. each of those each of those marks tells a story
0: <laughs> for yeah. me it's like my, it, it's like which which time did my kid push over the guitar at home you know like oh there's that time i remember they knocked it on the headstock and it's a big ding on the strap but <laughs> You know, it's it's yeah. it's kid relic, you know, it's not like kid relic, know, yeah, it's yeah. Super authentic Best bet could authentic be a new thing. <laughs> G- give my kids my car keys and let them uh beat my guitar up and then sell it for an extra fifteen hundred bucks on, on eBay or something, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And then and then maybe some negative comments too. Yeah. yeah goodness. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Well so, something I think about too is is in some of those comments touched about this too, but the the whole like authentic relic versus non-authentic, or there's some, we've all seen what we would call bad relic jobs mm-hmm. and um, some that are really convincing, they do look like a really old guitar. So kind of in your in your opinion, um, what makes a convincing or good-looking relic and maybe some examples of what doesn't?
2: That's, that's a really interesting question because my first response would be, well, just put the uh, put the relicing or the or the wear where the natural wear patterns would be, mm-hmm. um, which would make most sense. I suppose that would be most people's first answer. But then we were talking about Stevie Ray Vaughan earlier, and you look at his guitar. That, there's there's no <laughs> <laughs> no way you put all of that wear on just through playing. I mean, what, what happened to that guitar? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, true. It's, uh, but in my opinion, I like the. Um, I've got the '50s Road One Mexican strap from 2018, and it's just got the wear around. It's, it's sort of mild wear, where natural mm-hmm. wear would be, um, and with the nitrocellulose finish as well, it will just start to wear a lot better than the, you know the poly finishes. So,
1: yeah, if you drop a straight edge yeah. on there, it'll go right through. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it would. <laughs> I yeah. think the wood's so soft on those guitars. <laughs> and some of those poly
0: ones too. I think that's the problem, right? With nitro, it's it, you can make it look convincing, or you've got thin finish on there. Like the poly ones, people try to relic their their squires, and they've got you know a layer of like I remember the older squires had a layer of uh, it, the sealer was gray underneath the black, or and it, you know it was five miles thick of finish on these guitars. <laughs> yeah, or, and people yeah. try to make them into relics, and it's just like little chips of paint and different layers of these this super plasticky finish and they try to make them look like relics and i'm just like it's not working Mm -hmm. in that case
2: yeah Yeah. it is quite thick isn't it especially on the older guitars that poly finish it's it's you know it's almost like they've they've encased in a plastic shell yeah exactly (laughs) What
0: what about the relic like um i see a lot of like the maple guitars where it looks like they've got the The relic on the fretboard itself, you know, you're playing a bunch of bar, you know, open chords and, and you've got the, the D and the, the G and the E chord relic basically is what I call it. (laughs) Kind of a, you see it on like a lot of maple neck tellies. Uh, What do you think of that kind of look? I know that naturally happens, but what do you think about people that try to recreate? I like that.
2: (laughs) I Mm -hmm. like that as well. I think if you're going to relic or wear the body, then if you can get the fretboard right, you know, with those wear patterns, I think that looks fantastic as well. I'm really a big fan of that.
0: Yeah, that's cool. And I think that, I think that some of that stuff, you know, like you mentioned, the Stevie Ray Vaughan thing, or I've seen relics where, uh, you know, there's there's a relic like right behind the bridge or above the neck plate or something, you know, something where it's like you don't even touch those things, mm-hmm. you know, apart, yeah. f- apart from you like throwing it against the wall or something like that. Um, <laughs> and, and it's like, I don't know, it's just, uh, but it's, it, that's a hard one to per, like to to pin what actually looks authentic. I guess it just if it catches your eye, mm-hmm. then of course, like okay, like that's I could I would play that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, I guess.
2: and that's another thing, isn't it? The um, uh, the professional guitarist or the or like the musicians. Uh, I can't think. I can't can't words. <laughs> um, you know the. Uh, <laughs> What do you, the, the tribute guitars, you know, like... Stevie a Signature, Ray- signature series guitars. or whatever. Signature series guitars, thank you. Yeah. Um, the, I'm not a big fan of those, strangely enough, because Stevie Ray Vaughan had his guitar, and there are uh, direct copies of that, including all the wear patterns and everything else, and, I, and that's something I wouldn't be interested in. Yeah. It's uh, because, obviously, Stevie Ray Vaughan put that wear on the guitar, and I, I, I would like to put the wear on my guitar, you know? So mm-hmm. yeah, that's something I wouldn't be interested in strangely enough.
1: Uh, and so it's like you almost even favor like a, uh, like a mild relic that you can, that's already kind of like jumpstart, it's already kind of rolling and then you can just help it finish it and kind of, you know, it's like maybe getting a kick guitar where all the pieces are there and you're just kind of putting your touch on it or something. That's, you know what, that's a good way to look at it, isn't it? You're
2: all, you're getting the ball rolling with the the vibe that you like on the guitar. Yeah. Mm.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I, I think it is cool when, when it is natural wear and, um, you know, and sometimes on those poly finishes, it just like, you hit it hard enough and it'll like crack and flake off. And I definitely have a guitar that I've covered with nail polish time and time again, just in those spots where it chipped, um. But ultimately yeah. I just decided to leave it and I think it is, that's my wear and that's like my first guitar and it was a flying V. So of course you're knocking those corners into every wall <laughs> when you're <laughs> yeah. going through the doorway, yeah. driving your parents crazy. But um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it is cool and th- that you can leave your, your mark on it. And then you're like, yeah, that's totally mine. And not one thing on this is looks the same as when I, when I got it, it's all changed out <laughs> sometimes because yeah. of yeah. failures and sometimes because of you know corrosion and sweat but i think it makes it feel more like that you know worn in pair of boots or whatever and it stands up to maybe some nicer nicer guitars in air quotes i guess i i'm thinking yeah, we're doing yeah. a video too because i'm doing quotes here in person but yeah, <laughs> yeah. just uh yeah it just that well-worn pair of shoes yeah absolutely
2: have you still got your first guitar
1: i do yeah and i uh recently uh did some more upgrades to it and i put Different pickups in it. That's always uh the first thing I do when I'm just kinda of feeling like getting the ball rolling in a different direction and you know, just uh yeah. jamming. I I made it to do some like you know, it's humbuckers and I made it to do some music, but I ended up actually going with a different sound entirely and, and it's like a new a new guitar, but you know, it's uh the relic was beat out in this case, but i
2: yeah
1: it just i just like looking at it and holding it and maybe thats yeah yeah that's the fun so, part but so uh, it's
2: almost like that resto mod thing yeah so you've got like the the uh foundation of the guitar but you've got some new parts in it you know? mm-hmm.
1: and i think um well like it kind of leads into my next one here and you talking about the stevie ray vaughn thing and uh, another one that comes to mind is like Rory Gallagher strap, but like, do you think if, cause that one was like completely stripped off. And to me, I'm like, they'd probably just strip that off. I bet. But
2: yeah. Um, yeah.
1: But, um, if they didn't do that and if they didn't maybe just relic them or bash them so much just to stand out, you know, would it even be a thing you think? Or if, cause I know there's people that still they're like, yeah, it just has to be shiny and new. I want to buy it. And I want it to be the first one to do any of the dings on it or whatever.
2: Yeah. That's. Um, I was thinking about that actually a couple of days ago when we talked about doing the podcast, and I thought, yeah, I'm the same with cars. When you get a new car, mm-hmm. and you don't want any mark on it. You know, you keep it clean. You don't want anything to happen to it. But when it when it gets his first dent or first scratch, you, you're just devastated. And, and but then you get it fixed so that that disappears. Mm-hmm. So I think, where did I get this whole vintage vibe road-worn <laughs> love from? Where did that come from? Because <laughs> I like new shiny stuff, mm-hmm. but um, with guitars, I don't know what it is, you know? Yeah,
1: and that's, that's and, an interesting you, thing. You
2: talking, yeah, you're talking about the Rory Gallagher Strat as well, you know, that's uh, basically stripped, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, almost stripped, so yeah
0: like five pieces of paint left on it or whatever yeah yeah
2: exactly (laughs) i don't know if that will be more difficult or easier to relic
0: yeah (laughs) so so when you bought your road worn were you um was that one of the first like one of your early purchases on guitar when you got back in or kind of maybe where did that fall in the in the arsenal that you have now and then maybe why why the road worn versus a regular strap
2: yeah, so the first guitar, when I got back into it, it was about, as I say, about three years ago, something like that. I bought a Michael Kelly um, Telecaster or T-style guitar. Mm-hmm. And, I could, as I say, I could play open chords and a few bar chords, so therefore I could, I could play a few songs. I've got a brother-in-law, and he had an acoustic guitar, or still got an acoustic guitar. And he said, and my other brother-in-law sings, so he said, come along and we'll, we'll strum a few songs. And I thought, well, I like electric guitars and I like telecasters, but you've got an acoustic guitar, so I need to sort of fit in there somewhere. And the Michael Kelly uh, T-Style guitar I bought was a hybrid, so it had the piezo pickup in it, so it Ooh. could sort of sound acousticy. So that was the first guitar I bought when I got back into it. I, there was just there was some the Michael Kelly guitar was fantastic, but I just I didn't like it having the piezo pickup in it. I didn't like having to put a battery in the guitar, and I didn't like that it was two things. You know, mm-hmm. I, I always just like wooden strings, <laughs> <Yeah>. so <laughs> I thought I'll sell that. And then um, with regards to the fifties Rogue War one I was looking online and I thought because I was never really into Strat. So I've always just had Telecasters when I was in the UK. I had a, um, an American Telecaster. But a friend of mine said, try a Strat. And I thought, okay, I'll get a Strat, <clears throat> went online, had a look through everything. And for some reason, this one just popped out. And I thought, man, that looks good. I, that mm-hmm. looks really good. But for some reason, I'm so drawn to that. And I think it's going to be something that I'm going to want to play. So yeah, that that was my first... Uh, Foire into Robo on guitars that was it that strap
0: gotcha so was it was it one of those websites where it's the actual guitar photo or was it a generic like here's the listing and they're all going to look different like how did you how did you make that decision
2: it was I think it was on reverb.com and funnily enough I was looking at there was a guy selling a guitar that he'd gigged and gigged and gigged and it was an American Strat, and it was the same money, uh, but he'd replaced the pickups, he replaced this, he replaced everything, and all the rest of it. And if I could have made the decision again, I would have bought that one. Mm. But of course, buying your first um, guitar, when you get back into it, I'm thinking, I don't know, you know, he's changed so much on it, I don't know if that's for me, so I'll get this thing. But, you know, going back now, he had all the wear on it, he'd made his modifications, it was probably an amazing guitar, uh, but I didn't know that at the time.
0: Yeah, it's funny how like I could remember probably the early, early two thousands. I mean, the relic guitar thing was always still still a big deal. But I could remember if the guitars had dings or wear, like people would try to lowball the seller. And now it's like I feel like they charge more. <laughs> when, <laughs> yeah. I feel like if you drop your guitar a couple times, you can get an extra five hundred bucks on reverb for it now. You know. Exactly,
2: you, it's almost like a comic strip, isn't it? You can see it. Somebody turning up to a guy's house and saying, "Oh, I don't know, you know, I can I can give you like five hundred for it," and then the guy slams it against the wall and says, "Well, now I want a thousand for it."
0: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we didn't need to make that into a T-shirt or something like that. Yeah. We could we could sell.
2: Yeah, that's that's thousands a good idea. Of them. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah I, I always find that being being one of the I would I would say the annoying parts of the relic thing is, um, it's just like man, well. Just because you beat up your two ninety nine Squire doesn't make it worth four ninety nine when you're going to resell it, you know. And and nah. there's some yeah, sort I think of like
2: it devalue a Squire, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've but I've got I, one. <laughs> I've seen I've seen people that that actually they're you know we work with a company called MJT that does really good relics. Um, yeah, for I've
2: heard of them. Yeah,
0: their bodies and and things like that. And so I've seen people that have made a whole entire business out of doing beat up guitars. Or there's there's guys that will take your regular Les Paul and they'll strip it down and refinish it and relic it. Um, or they'll, you know, my favorite, I think my favorite relic of all time, natural relic is the um, 70s gold tops uh, where, yeah. where it turns green and it cracks. And um, that's probably the coolest, to me, that's the coolest looking relic that's out there.
2: Yeah. yeah i tend to i tend to agree with you as well they're they're fantastic looking guitars and also the even the pickup covers all the hardware and the pickup covers they've got that that nice relicking to them you know yeah
0: it's interesting how because we get into relic a little bit we relic you know the covers for um i think we even did a set for you for a video of, of yes, relics did, yeah. and so it's yeah. just like it's funny how it's trickled down into our world and And I know Marco, maybe can talk a little bit about like the pickup relicking world. And, um, you know, we have, we deal with our own like, oh, that doesn't look authentic kind of things. Mm -hmm. but maybe you can talk a little bit about that, Marco. Yeah. And, and to me, it's one of the more fun and creative
1: aspects of, of the pickup making process because so much of it is like rules and concepts and it's just like, this is the way it is. And these are the principles at play, but this is where you start to, you know, you can put on your arts and crafts hat and. You know, um, if you have adult supervision, you can fire up the the torch and you know burn some cool patterns into a chrome or something. And well, we don't have adult supervision when we use a torch in the shop, so <laughs> no. I don't know what you're talking you sound, about. You
2: sound like you run with scissors as <laughs> well. <laughs> uh,
1: I'm not gonna comment on that one. Yeah, but sometimes scissors make a very interesting pattern on a humbucker cover. Um, <laughs> but I, you know, I think it's fun. And but that's the thing is, I feel like. I want to always be mindful of not going too far and you know one of the things that I like that MJT does it's like okay here's your Fiesta Red but you can get it in 15 dif- different flavors of Fiesta Red and you know I wish I was able to like pinpoint it more or, or really just find exactly what what people want because I like ideally and it's like with like you know effects on your guitar signal it's like if you, if you can't tell that it's relic or that it's on there, then like you did it right, you know? Cause the, the goal is yeah. maybe to make it not look like, I don't know, just too far, it, it, there can be too far. And because we've all seen how pickups look after they've been in guitars for a while or knocking around, hanging out in somebody's house with cats or just getting the little metal shavings from you know people that I've seen people that use metal picks and they'll just get little shavings on the magnets of the of the Alnico and I don't know yeah. the, seeing how the string wears, I think it's cool, but to really like look at the little tiny details of of that stuff, and to me, it's creative, but I definitely it it's just a whole can of worms, and there's so many things that you can do to to those things to to relic them and make them look look old and and it's weird because the trick is to make them look you know like you pulled them out of a the bottom of a canal or something but but it all works you know and it's all still brand new and nice and it'll hold up for the years to come so it's like you make it and then you take steps back like breaking it essentially to the point of like okay it's still going to do what it needs to do but it's you know it's flawed it's not it's I, we couldn't sell this and and honestly, sometimes it's been kind of nice because we'll have a, covers that get dropped or somebody drops like a screwdriver or something on it and it's just like, oh, well, I guess we're going to turn that into a relic set. You know, the the relic yeah. fairy came by and now we've got a relic humbucker cover <laughs> yeah. set. Yeah. So it, uh, sometimes it's kind of like been a whew moment for us because it's like, well, you know, we can, we can use this. It's not something that's just going to be waste essentially and, it, you know, and it's just being good stewards of the materials at hand and, you know, being economic or something too. So I don't know it, for me, it, I like the relic thing cause it can break up the week and yeah. Yeah. If it could inspire you to, sometimes you just look at the pickups and it makes you want to play the guitar. So if I can yeah, do that, exactly. then I'm, I'm doing okay.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's the whole vibe of it, isn't it? When you look at the guitar and if it sort of speaks to you, then you want to pick it up and play it, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's like I hate the look of just open coil humbuckers, and and for some reason, covered humbuckers always look better to me, or or unless it's like a zebra or something, or like double whites or the forbidden double creams. But you know, I there's just there's so much there, and you know, you gotta be
2: inspired by all of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's incredible, or it sort of makes you think that it only really exists in the guitar industry. It exists in the music industry, doesn't it? But you don't see somebody going around sort of with a with a uh, beaten-up synthesizer, you know, that they did on purpose. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, or it sounds, yeah, sounds check, really weird. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like thinking, thinking about like Relic uh, violins or something like that, you know, it's just kind of like, whoa, I don't know why you do that to an instrument, but... But we're we're weird as guitar players, obviously. Um,
2: yeah, I do have yeah.
0: a, a, maybe a hypothetical question for you um, as we get, get near the end of the show here. But so you've got the roadborn Strat. Um, if you were to buy another relic guitar, uh, what would it be? Um,
2: I would. I think I would go for a Telecaster this time, but so, I think I would go for a thin line Telecaster. Ooh, yeah, yeah, nice like seventies era thin line Tele. Okay, what color? I don't probably uh, a light color, you know, like uh, not the blonde so much as the, um, um, the there's like a natural maple finish type oh, of thing. Oh yeah, and yeah. it just—I don't know why that just that just speaks to me. But again, road worn. I'd have to. I'd like it rolled on, but I'd, but I'd really like an original, um, '70s thin line telly. Mm. But they're far too expensive. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you can
0: you can buy a new one and send it to me, and I'll I'll let my kids take care of the uh, the relic for you if you'd like. Yeah, and
2: you could. Yeah, kid relic
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start a side business to kind of keep keep the bills paid. It's just having my kids like be, beating up my guitars. I think that I think they would enjoy that actually. They'd yeah,
2: probably, they're probably, there you go, kids, throw that around a bit and, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then we'll, we'll, we'll give you a, a second serving of uh, macaroni and cheese for your hard work or something like that, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Don't, don't worry about the plate, just eat it straight from the guitar That's
0: right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. It's got nacho cheese on it and all sorts of stuff. It's Ooh. like a whole new level of relicking that, that we're going to start a trend. Yeah. I think that's the next big thing. <laughs> well, Derek, we're going to have you on again for a future episode to kind of talk more about the the youtube video creation and kind of your setup and what you do for your channel Um, maybe if you would like just uh let us know how we can find your channel we'll put that link in the the show notes and if you're on any kind of social
2: media um, let us know where we can find you yeah of course i'm on youtube under derek paul guitar and on instagram under derek paul guitar as well Great. Thanks so much for being on the a, show. It's yeah. It was absolute a, pleasure. Absolute pleasure. It was great to meet you, Brian, and great to meet you too.
0: Marco. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We'll be in touch and we look forward to having you on, on a future episode. All right. Fantastic. Thanks, guys.